When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, man. Oh, we're just right into it. No bummer. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMBA show. Let's go. I don't know. It just felt weird. Still a show. It's just the hard cut from the graphic. It was was weird. It was a a weird transition. (laughs) Somber day here as uh, some crazy news. Jokic's first coach, somebody very important to him, Dayan Malojevic, who was an assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors but was his head coach in with Mega Basket, passed away. So we're going to talk about that today. A very tragic passing. 46 years old. We're going to talk about who he was, what he meant to Nikola. And to help us do that, we're going to bring on Miroslav later in the show. Miroslav knows him very well. Played for his favorite team, Partizan. I don't know if you guys know this. Played for Partizan. Had a very uh, uh, big career as a player and then obviously went on as a coach. So we're going to spend a lot of time today uh, talking about him and what he meant to to Nikola specifically. What could mean for Nikola going forward here over the next couple days. Uh, I have to imagine this will affect him quite a bit. We're also going to talk about the game last night. Some hangover takes. We're going to get D-Line's takes. Was he chipper last night? Was he down bad? Was he somewhere in between? We're going to find that out. Who knows? We're going to search his emotions like therapy. And then later on the show, I'm going to ask these guys, who's the least untradeable player on the Nuggets? Nicole Jokic. Wait, who's the most? No, no, no. the most tradable? (laughs) Hang on. The least untradable. That is the most. Jokic is the most untradable. But I think that who's the least untradeable? Meaning, meaning who's the guy? Like you don't want to trade any of the main guys. Who's the most? You don't want to trade any of the main guys. But if you had to, if you had to trade one of them, one of the top nine guys or so, who would it be? Uh, To help me out, I got a full squad today. Brendan votes in the house. Look at this man. You look so. uh, Thank you for that because it almost (laughs) felt like it was heavily implied that I would be traded first. So. <laughs> I'm glad we you kind of talk about squeezed yeah. a buffer on the show, least untradeable at the company. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know, but I just didn't want to open that way. <laughs> Over here, I got D-Line Co. That's right, guys. Uh, I'm I'm interested, as you mentioned. I'm I don't know how I felt. Yeah, I can't night. wait. I can't. To... I'm I'm curious to find out myself. It's like therapy, where I'm going to make you search your own feelings for the first time. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> this show's a disaster. <laughs> I have the internet, for old, for <laughs> uh, And then over there, Harrison Wind. I can report uh, we have not traded Kale. He still works here. He's just he's on just suspended. No, he's up in Jackson's hole. He's, he's, right. not sus- he's working without pay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, but first, we're going to start with Hangover Takes, guys, of the big game last night. I'm going to start with my. Usually, I go to like, you know, somebody. Else. I'm going to start with mine. I have selfish. two takes. Yeah, very selfish of me. Number one, and we said this the other day, but yesterday, as it were. But you win the title, and just things don't stick as long. You kind of go back, man, that sucks. Now we're just NBA champs still. So it does, for me, that's definitely how I felt. Like last night, you go home. Usually, after a loss like that, I'd be maybe scrolling the time. I was kind of just over it already. And then number two, here's what last night really reminded me of. The Nuggets win a championship last year, and it's the highest of highs. To go from that to regular season basketball has been, I think, weird. for I think the Nuggets experience, if we explain the experience so far this year, it has been one of 
it pales everything. The highs and the lows pale in comparison to last year's playoff run. And you're, you notice, you can't help but notice it. Last night was far and away the closest I've come to feeling like a playoff game. And I think just in that, even though it wasn't a loss and it was the painful version of that feeling, it kind of just feels good to feel. And that was my biggest note is that last night felt fun in a way that no other regular season game has because it felt meaningful and it felt tense in ways that no other game has felt meaningful or tense. It felt real. It, it felt real. It's the only loss that's felt real. Yep. I haven't cared about any loss this season. We've except been a, this one. We've been annoyed. But sure. that's different than being Very like different. angry or sad or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, ah. At the bar last night, it felt like a playoff game. Everybody was locked into the game. Yeah. And look, we have great crowds at the bar all the time. But everybody's not always locked in to every possession like it's a playoff game. Like nobody was talking at the bar last night right. when the game was going on. Everybody was just zoned in on, on what was happening. It's the only time it's felt like that this year. And um it did. It did feel like a real loss for the first time this season. Yeah. To me. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're asking for my official Are you are you ready for it now? Yeah, I'm, I don't know if I'm responding or if I'm giving my official We're kind of talking now. You can okay. just talk on that point if you want or well, I don't any know, point. I, and the show works. We all kind of just talk. I didn't I didn't check the rundown. Oh yeah, that's it. Um, I don't know that I have access. Still the same show. Um yeah, I I mean, that's exactly right. It, it felt to me like a playoff game and it felt like a playoff game that happened at another uh, on the road and you lose those from time to time. It it felt like the Nuggets we're engaged. Like I, I was nervous going in that we were just going to get a ho hum, blase kind of effort. Like that they were going to try, but they weren't going to try that hard. Whatever. Uh, but man, that was. I mean, they wanted to win that game. They really wanted to win that game, and it was a very hotly contested game. There was very little defense played from either side. There was eighty points scored by both sides in the first half, which is unbelievable. Not quite eighty. Excuse me, seventy-eight. That's uh, right. <laughs> um, which is eighty. Who scores eighty? <laughs> Come yeah, on, down. Down. which is an unbelievable number. Um, so, but the crazy thing for all the failings that the Nuggets had, that you can point to this, that, or the other. Like the game was dead. A, a dead heat with seven minutes to go when Jokic checked back in and it really could have gone either way. It was a little disheartening to see them falter down the stretch, but also we've seen that that's been a strength of theirs, like in the biggest possible moments. I just feel like they're maybe a little bit out of practice from that. Like you mentioned, it's like, hasn't, there hasn't been a truly real feeling game to this point. Um, and that's exactly it. I left and I was like, man, that was fun. I, that's like why, you watch basketball for games like that. Like that was that was exhilarating. That was, I mean, I really was riding the roller coaster. And then it was over, and I was like, I'm off the roller coaster. And, I just, <laughs> and then I just went. Like, I played pickleball like any you other know, person would, like a normal person. <laughs> um, you're right that. Oh, actually, I'll get to you. Your your hangover take here. Well, first of all, there's once you back away from it, you see the final score. And you see that that game is in Philly, and you go, all right, that was a close game that the home team stepped up and took. And it's it doesn't feel like when it got to 10 in the fourth, something just in the moment, right, just in the absolute pure moment of watching the game, um, it felt like something decided had happened, you know, that 10-point deficit. And 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 it, not really, right? Like they, they went on a run. The Nuggets actually responded a little bit. That was a close game. You know, so it's 
one way that I felt coming out of that game that I really still feel today is I would like to see those two teams play in Denver, and I would I could see a very similar game just swinging the other way. And that's not attempting to, like, all credit to Philly, but, like, a hangover take from moving on from the instant anxiety of losing a big game, you start to realize, like, what a good game that was and how much both of those teams were just in it. Yeah. The very end. That game had a playoff intensity but not playoff execution, I think that's why... When the intensity goes up, the offense goes up. When the execution and focus goes up, the defense goes up. This one didn't have the second part. Yeah. I thought there was intensity on defense, but Definitely. not necessarily good execution. And so as a result, you get a bit of a track meet, and it's kind of cool to see what two teams look like when they're both kind of dialed in and, 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 and focused like that. But I'll be honest, man. Another part of me is, after sleeping on it, kind of looking at some numbers, watching some tape, I kind of actually feel more confident in Denver. I know this feels like the weird. If I was a Sixers fan, I would look at this clip and be like, that's Cope right there. But I honestly watch that game and I go, I hope Denver sustains a top level of play for another, I don't know, 10 games or so because I want to see a, an extended run. But the Nuggets over these last three games have shown me like, oh, that's right. Their playoffs are going to be just fine. They, they're, they're on pace to be the exact team we know they can be. And they are good in the areas that are most important. Some of the areas where they're not good, including Jamal Murray's attention to detail in that fourth quarter, I just know that's going to be fine. And the areas where they are good, half-court offense and just scoring every time they need to in the half-court, I'm like, oh, yeah. I just I feel really good about the Nuggets like route right now, even if it's not the most rewarding you know, experience so far in the regular season. For sure. I mean, if you take a step back, they're about on the same pace that they were last season record-wise. They have a much better defense than they had last season numbers-wise. The bench, I think, is better than it was last season as well. So you look at the bigger picture, yeah, the Nuggets are in a great spot, and they still have a chance to do a lot of great damage this road trip, going to Boston on Friday, New York, they can still make a statement on this road trip um, for sure. I think the other thing, and we were talking about this earlier, D-Line, I think that this was a less contentious game than in years past. And maybe, again, that's my own perspective because the pressure isn't there for me personally. The right. Nuggets have a right. title. But I almost feel like, like you know, it's like Yoke and Embiid giving mutual respect to each other, you know. Um, I just didn't feel as contentious as years past. No, because... <laughs> I realized this. I was like, unbeknownst to me, the title has given me a new, un, unfound or previously unknown sense of zen. Like, I just am like, I'm not living and dying knowing that every, the, we're fighting for our legitimacy and like the right. Nuggets might not be who they, the, we might be wasting our time with this team. We might be lying to ourselves and we're not, we were right. Um, and now it's like, <laughs> are we going to get to that next place? Like, I hope so. I definitely hope so. But like this team is good enough. And, you know, the NBA is such that like you don't win every game. And so I, I didn't feel the content. The, like it, it was hilarious to me. I woke up and I saw like Pat Bev trying to stir the pot. And I was like, dude, go away. Like, Pat Bev stirring the pot though is he stirring the pot? He's attempting to. Is, you think that's what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he was talking about Jamal Murray. Like, but was he trying to stir a Philly Denver pot, or was he just trying to like? I think Pat Bev said what he feels. I think yeah. he's wrong, but I think he said what he feels. But it's it's a pot stirring feeling. Sure, it's, it's, a, it's a boast. Like in you know in defeat, Jokic is gracious. In victory, Embiid is gracious. In 
in victory. Pat Bev is Pat himself. Bev's an, an idiot. An he's asshole. himself, like, he's, no matter right, what. But so like, yeah, like he's the only one. He he just got here. He doesn't quite get it. He doesn't know what these two teams have been through. So like, yeah, it didn't. It felt like. I just felt like respect more than anything uh, for myself and for it, it felt like coming back from Philly. So it's wasn't he on the team that was wasn't he on the Clippers that lost in the bubble? Was he's he on, on every, he's been on every team that's embarrassed themselves. The Nuggets have beat. beat well, Jamal bad, dropped right? forty on him. I don't know. I would like to see the clip to be honest. You know what I mean? Was there a clip or is it just a scrum? I, I just the, the the quotes always read. Not everybody the, gives you guys video from the locker room. The, the, DNVR. I'm not the first media member to make this point, but the the quotes always read differently on Twitter than they sat. Like I don't know if there was a dash of self awareness. Can, can or you like do a me a favor? Can like you give, can you pull up the quote? Hold on, let's pull up the quote. Because I want to hear you say this in a way that is not disrespectful. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it is dis. I think I it is. No, I think it is disrespectful. Of course. The key, but, hold on, hold on. I just want to. This will be funny though. I do think there's no like key. A, I've been locking his ass up for years when asked on look, the key. If he says it, it in the most respectful, it's not that. Mode. It's not that. If he says it with any kind of laugh or a smile or any sort of self awareness that he's Pat Bev. Uh huh. Honestly, it's a different quote to me. I go, okay, it's Pat Bev being Pat Bev, and it makes me laugh. I, I do hope Jamal sees it. Yeah, I hope Jamal oh, he sees saw it. it. He saw it for All right. sure. Good man, internalize it. Don't even let people, whether it's a joke or not. Don't let anyone say. Yeah, that. but the the larger point is is that in the past, it feels like there'd be a lot of that coming from everybody. We'd hear from the Morris, Riz of the world. We'd hear from like it would just sort of be a deluge of of this type of thing, and it was just really the Pat Bev, which right. you, know, you just roll your eyes and laugh. I think that's right. more because exactly. it's Pat Bev. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that's it's just my like, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, if it was. Maxi or something like that, then it would have been like, all right, we're here. Or even Tobias Harris, but it's Pat Bev. Although, I will say, keep playing the fourth quarter, Pat Bev blocks the hell out of no, Jamal Murray I mean, all listen, the way back. Man, he, so he, he, I do hope, though, I will say, I will say, Murray took his licks, I think, from the Denver media. Not that the Denver media is like this big entity or whatever, but, you know, Murray took some licks from fans and media over this game, and then Pat Bev to give him that. I do hope it's the type of thing that wakes Murray up a little bit to be like, oh, these MFers. Like, yeah, man. As a competitor, you would hope that would be the response, so we'll see. Um, also, that happened last night, you guys. Yoke went out drinking. You guys see this? Yes. Yoke went out drinking. Uh, do you have it there, uh, Tiff, to pull up? He was spotted at McGillan's. Very well, no, very famous Philly bar that I learned about earlier this morning when this went viral. This is, this is a lot like... Bruce Brown showing up and asking for stock show tickets. Like I know he doesn't play for the Sixers, <laughs> but it's a very like Sixers fans loved this move. You know they who else was seen move. at McGillan's? Who? who was that? D line. I Have went you, there. When last I went to Philly. No. Oh, when uh, you went to Philly. I, I went there and I had a. Uh, What's the vibe there? Uh, Irish. It's, uh, uh, it's just it's old. It's a very old bar. Uh, it's very. It's a lot of wood. A lot of dark wood. Yeah. Um, nice. I ate. A, I drank a Yingling. Oh, nice, man. Uh, we listened to... Man, it's crazy hearing that like it's like a thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because I know that it's regional, but that to me, that was just one of the options. A, you yeah. know? a Yingling? Dude, yeah. you, can't get, you can't get those out uh, here, it's, it, The Yingling is a brewery, and it's uh, they have a Yingling lager. It's dark colored, but it's 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 regional. In in uh, Pennsylvania, they, they, the, the Yinzers really love uh, some yin, Yingling. If you grew up in Jersey, you'd see it in a fridge. So it's just kind of funny hearing, like, I got a Yingling. Well, well, they're, yeah. they're a prized possession yeah. west of the Mississippi. Yeah. You can't get them out. Can't get them. You can't. I believe you. No, it's yeah. just, just a they're, great they're, sentence. They're, they're very, very mid. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's not much to write home about. Um, but it is funny because I did see all of our PHLY people who don't like Jokic kind of being like, "Man, my respect for Jokic at an all time high." Because <laughs> he went to a bar. He went to this bar. You know, Philly. Every, every place. It's not just Denver. Every place just wants you to want like their things. And then if you just pretend to, they're that like, That being Man, said, we guy. don't want Joel Embiid to go to Red Rocks or anything <laughs> oh, like that. Oh, I'd be so pissed. We do <laughs> not want that Is there a place Joel Embiid could go that you'd be like, man. If you went to Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita. I would hate him more. You know what? This Denver bar. sucks. Denver does suck. This I'm sorry. Yeah, if you the DNVR we have to bar. take a picture with him. Uh, Guess who stopped by the DNVR bar? <laughs> like that time Jamal took the picture with the Nugs and for our sons and oh, four I, guy. I, I forgot. Remember when he did that like a week after it happened? He went to his absolutely insane. Because it wasn't like he was trolling. Him. He was like an, a he was like a participant in the party. He's like, oh yeah, they swept the nuggets without he did me. It wasn't me. Guy. I got swept. Yeah. It was those guys. <laughs> I was out. That was maybe the the lowest moment of Nuggets fans. Yeah, that was it, low. That was really rough, man. It was really rough. Um, any other hangover takes about this game? Uh, I kind of feel like you do. I'm I'm actually encouraged yeah. uh, through this loss. Like I saw a lot of things I liked a lot. I saw you know a lot of things that were like schematic that you could work, you know, just like the fact that Tyrese Maxey was wide open because they couldn't figure out how to switch correctly. Um, that type that of stuff. You ridiculous. Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. But it's, you know, it's just, it's regular season stuff. Um, I'm really excited to see them play in Denver. But it just, it felt like, you know, when we lost a game to the Suns in Phoenix in the playoff. You know? Right. And I, it, it, as memory serves, I think that, that didn't matter either. It did not. It did not matter. All right, let's take our first break on the other side. Let's get to Miroslav. We'll bring him into the show, and we'll start to talk about and remember Dayan Malevich. Guys, if you want cheaper gas, who doesn't do. want that? You need to register for the Circle K Inner Circle program. It's a free membership. Super easy to download. You can download it with that QR code right there on the screen. You can go to circlek.com slash inner dash circle. Uh, you get 25 cents off a gallon for your first five Phillips. That's more than worth it right there. Then you get a lot of other deals as well. You get discounted items on stuff in the store. Uh, a, lo a lot of other perks for being in the Inner Circle program as well. And there's tons of Circle Ks around Denver. I know Colorado for sure. So if you're local, sign up. Circle K Inner Circle program. It's free. Uh, you just go to circlek.com slash inner dash circle. You give them your email, phone number, boom, you're set up right away. Get 25 cents off a gallon on your first five Phillips. It's that easy. Circlek.com slash inner dash circle. We've got you covered with all these reads, man, from the roadways to your home to from head to toe, from from roofing to now flooring. What? With our friends at what? Empire from Today. From roof to floor? Empire Today, baby, you may know them for being super famous as the standard for flooring. That's where you get the best. That's where you get the best new flooring. They got tons of copycats, but you don't want you don't want what they have to offer. They're, they're, I love good flooring. They're advertising <laughs> products that are so low quality. Empire Today doesn't even carry them. Oh my! Get it done with Empire Today. Schedule a free in-home estimate today, and all of our listeners can receive a three hundred and fifty dollar discount. When they use promo code DNVR, that's a lot of money, folks. 350 bucks. Save it when you use code DNVR. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash DNVR for more details. Adam, what's your favorite type of flooring? I mean, hardwood, for hardwood. sure. Actual for hardwood? Sure. 
Real hardwoods for sure. Is there a specific But there are wood? engineered hardwoods. I would say a good like cherry stain. Hmm. I would say um, I like like the grayer ones too. I like a gray tone. Um, guys, let's get into this. Dayan Milojevic was Jokic's coach at Mega Basket. He was, if you've watched 100 Invisible Threads or perhaps listened to the show years back when we first started talking about Dayan, and we did an episode actually with Miroslav back in, I think, 2019 or 20 when we talked about the impact that he had. He was the uh, first coach. So Jokic gets picked from obscurity and placed onto Mega Basket by Misko Reznatovic. He had just seen his stats. His scout went out and was like, yeah, this guy's worth taking a flyer on. Sends him to Mega. Mishko's Im- uh, impression was that that was going to be a project. Three, four years, we get this guy in shape, we kind of develop him, he's seven feet, maybe there's something there. Immediately, Dayan, who was the coach, calls Mishko and tells him, this is not only going to be our starter very soon, but this is a star player. So I think we can chalk this up for saying that Dayan was among, if not the guy who first thought Jokic was something special. And he molded Jokic, him and his team, molded Jokic into the player that he became. And, you know, Denver drafted him after one year of playing for Dayon. He ended up playing a second year. And in that second year was the MVP of the Adriatic League. So Dayon was there and really shepherded him him from uh, a no-name with tons of upside and talent, identified that talent immediately, and then cultivated him into being a star player. He was also a star Dayon in his own right, the Serbian Charles Barkley as an undersized uh, great player. So that's the backstory of who this guy is. He ended up leaving Mega and coming over to coach the Warriors, uh, where he has been. I know Kevon Looney credits him a lot for his development. Think about what a good player Kevon Looney has become. Not a guy that was on the radar to be a great player. Dayon had a big hand in that. So he's a guy that I think has ties to a lot of people, but to Nicola in particular, there's something about being the first coach to sort of believe in you to that degree. And that was Dayon. So I wanted to set the table there to talk about that because this is a big deal for Nikola. So let's bring in Miroslav, of course, our host of Serbian Corner, a huge partisan fan, which is where Dayon played. Miroslav, how are you, my friend? Um, I've been better. I've been better. I'm, I'm not bringing in the jokes today. It's, it's a serious day, although I, I did bring my, my earphones, so I, I hope <laughs> you can hear me well. There you go. Can you turn it up just a hair tiff? Is there possible to get that a little louder? Um, so Miroslav, honestly, just tell us real quick, how big of a story is this in Serbia right now at Dayan's passing? It's huge. I, I was just uh, uh, browsing through the, through the media portals today, uh, especially after we, we found out that, that Dayan actually died today. And uh, it's like if you have 15 news on the front page of a, of a, of a sports portal, 14 of those news is, is going to be about Dan. It's just reactions from everybody that knew him, his colleagues, his coaches. Uh, just everybody is, is talking about Dan. It's the, it's the top story of the day. I actually have not seen Nikola Jokic uh, going to a bar in Philadelphia because this whole day was just, you know, uh, searching for any piece of news uh, I could find out about Dan and his condition. So, yeah, it's it's a huge story because Dan was a beloved figure, absolutely a super positive guy. Uh, as you mentioned, he was a partisan Belgrade guy, but I haven't heard a single Red Star fan trashing Dan ever because he was 
such an amazing, uh, amazing human being. Tell us a real quick about what kind of player he was, because I know Serbian Charles Barkley, but he's a three-time Adriatic League MVP. Yes, that's right. I mean, he had a stretch between, I want to say, 2003 and 2008 when he dominated EuroLeague in several different clubs. Y- EuroLeague, was, not just Adriatic he, League, EuroLeague. Oh, no, EuroLeague. He was, he was the best power forward in Europe in, in, that, in that period. He was, he was amazing. He was, we called him Serbian Barkley because he dominated the boards uh, uh, at 6-7 and he also had a plethora of, of the low post moves. That's why he was actually the perfect coach for Nikola uh, to, to start up his professional career. So, so the story uh, that Dan said that he, he needed to specially prepare for every workout with Nikola Jokic because uh, every new move he would uh, show to Nikola, Nikola would just do it perfectly from the, from the first try. So he had to, to prepare a lot of that stuff uh, in order to, to keep the, the workouts interesting for Nikola and to help him, you know, uh, become a, a super uh, dominant uh, guy. Uh, in Adriatic and, and afterwards, of course, uh, Dan never wanted to to call himself a prophet. He never said that he thought Nikola could become one time one at one point one of the best players in the NBA league. He he thought that uh, Nikola might be a good NBA player, but but to these uh, these heights that Nikola uh, achieved, he just never. Never thought that that would be possible. And don't forget, it's not only Nikola. We should be talking about here that uh, that's been influenced by by uh, Dan. Uh, Vlatko Trancer was also Dan's student in in Mega Basket. He's our, our guy as well. And you know, so many other guys like Vasa Micic, like Boban Marjanovic, like many other guys that are not as well known in the NBA um, uh, circles, but but just just. Uh, great basketball players that that owe their careers to to dance great work and uh one thing that's characteristic about uh dan as a coach everybody said that and even he said that is that he was the body uh to the guys first and coach second so he was really uh having a, a great uh, uh relationship with all the players he was coaching which is not not really something you will hear about Serbian coaches. Serbian coaches are very strict, but this guy was such a ball of positive energy. He would use that positive energy and staying in present to to engage his guys into into uh, coaching, uh, into training hard, and and becoming better players every day. So, what do you know of specifically Jokic's relationship? To Dayon, and was it well publicized in the early days of Jokic at Mega? You know, these two guys playing together. I know Jokic kind of snuck up on people, but what was it? You know, what is reported about their relationship? Uh, back back in that day, not a lot, because even even when Nikola became the the MVP of the Adriatic League in his second season with Mega, everybody was like, "Yeah, that's that's cute," because you know. In Adriatic League and in Euroleague, the MVP is not somebody that has been voted as the best player of that season. It's just somebody that has mathematically the best numbers. And <laughs> it's possible that that guy was playing on a team that was like 
5 and 22 during the season, but he's still the MVP because he has the best numbers. So we kind of don't take those MVPs uh, too much into, into consideration when thinking about players. I honestly thought when he moved straight to the NBA after, after the Adriatic League, I was like, oh man, I don't know how, how smart this is because this guy is not really a big name. And, uh, but yeah, let, let's hope he, he'll get there at some point. So no, 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 real, no real reporting from my side about their relationship from there. What we know now is from the stories we've heard many years afterwards. Yeah. And if you recall, I mean, Harrison, I don't know if you remember this story, but Yoke in his early days of Mega didn't necessarily, I don't want to say didn't love basketball, but I think there were times he thought about quitting and was like not very interested in it. And I think Dayon was probably was one of these guys that sort of understood the temperament of Nicola, when to press and when not to. And I'm just kind of curious too, like you remember some of these stories. You you've met May Dayon. You've done it. You've interviewed him before. Yeah. What can you say about their relationship? Uh, I think if you probably ask Nikola Jokic, this is the clo- coach that he's by far the closest with, and by far connected with the most. And uh, yeah, I think there is probably some um, you know mutual understanding between the two of just how to play the game, how to talk about the game. And look, I mean, like, Nikola Jokic sees the game like few others do, and probably like few coaches do. But I think Dayon was kind of the first guy to connect with him at that level and just kind of see the game and understand Nikola Jokic like no other coach does. Miroslav, how do you think this is going to affect Nikola? Oh, that's, I mean, first of all, I have no idea, but let's, let's play armchair psychologist here. But uh, I, don't, I wouldn't be too surprised if we would hear that Nikola is traveling to Serbia to, to you know, uh, attend the, the, the burial of, of Dan Milovic. It, it wouldn't surprise me too much, even though that, that would be quite a, quite a task to do. It is it's just, uh, for at the very least, I'm... I'm not sure we can expect him to play against Boston tomorrow. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if if uh, he can find the strength to concentrate on, on his uh, job, as he often refers to, and 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 play against Boston tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, guys have anything from Miroslav? Uh, well, first of all, I just wanted to. Obviously, that was a bit awkward there. Not planned and has never happened before. So we during a very sensitive topic. So we apologize to everyone. Um, but no, I just wanted to thank Miroslav for coming on, uh, coming on and, and explaining to us and our audience because uh, we've spent a lot of time trying to understand and building a real community with with Serbians, not just as an idea or a funny internet thing, but but quite really and truly. <clears throat> and so it was uh, important to us today to try to capture that context. So it was good to bring you on, and I appreciate you taking the time, man. Of course. Is there something else you think we should know about him or that, you know, Nuggets fans should know about him? I mean, the, the, the last detail about his playing career was that, that he won that gold medal at the Eurobasket 2001, and that's the last Eurobasket gold medal we have. So that's, that's the connection uh, uh, to, to Dejan and the whole team uh, of Coach Pesic back in the day. Uh, with us that's still very strong and until we get another gold medal 
that team will will still be so so strongly in our hearts and it, it, it's it's not a surprise that everybody was just so bummed out it's not i mean it's a young young person that died he was he was 46. you know yeah he he was you know talking to his friends yesterday and now he's gone and actually he he had a podcast appearance something like 10 days ago on one of the serbian sports podcasts and he was talking about living in the present like he doesn't he didn't make any plans for distant future he was always living week by week month by month year by year and and he was trying to make the most of it so this is one thing that kind of you know uh uh, I think this is something fans can can take uh, some comfort in because he lived his his uh, life to the fullest. It was a short life, but it was very worth living it. Well, really tough news, and I'm sure it's going to affect Nicola. I wish he wasn't on the road. I know like it's a weird thing, but um, you know, I'm curious to hear his thoughts. I actually regret that I never got to meet Dayon. There were a few opportunities, and I in my head always thought like. At some point, I'm going to try to get an, an interview with him, maybe see if he'd come on the show or this or that. And I'm, he's so young, 46. It's, yeah. It's one year older than I am. It's really, really young, really, really shocking. Well, Miroslav, I appreciate you sharing that information. I can tell just from talking to you how sad you are and how much it affected you. To be honest, I didn't know. We'd been texting, but I didn't realize it. But, you know, it, it kind of brings a weight to all of it to kind of know uh, just how much it's affecting the Serbians. And you can imagine how much it's affecting Nicola. Dan wasn't a celebrity. He was just our Dan. And yeah. that, that's a different kind of, of, of grief. You, you can almost feel it like, like a member of your you know, extended family. Right. Gone. Right. Well, Miroslav, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. We'll see. Uh, let's take a break. On the other side, we'll get back into some more Nuggets topics um, and some news and notes from this last week. Guys, if you're looking for uh, a roofer, hit up Red Hawk Roofing. They are your go-to. They're experts in the field. They've got decades of experience. They use quality materials. And they're huge DNVR supporters. They're in the bar all the time, rooting on the Nuggets, rooting on Colorado's teams. So hit up Red Hawk Roofing. They're your go-to for any roofing needs, home or business. Also, they're giving away two tickets to Nuggets 76ers, the rematch on January 27th, just 10 days from now. And you can win those tickets by coming by the bar on the 25th, two days before for our watch party then. Uh, they're also raising money to match support for the Volo Kids Foundation. Red Hawk Roofing, great people. They're raising money for a great cause and they're giving away two tickets, which you can win on the 25th here at the bar in person at our watch party. So uh, come down for that. Uh, but if you're looking for a new roof over your home or house, hit up Red Hawk Roofing, redhawkroofing.com. Tell them DNVR sent you. We love watching elite athletes on display. Perhaps no one understands better than us that not everyone gets to be an elite athlete. Uh, so you might not get an athletic scholarship, you or your kid. That's why it's important to start saving for college early. College Invest makes that easy for you with flexible savings plans. And you can even benefit from a Colorado tax deduction and savings can be used for trade schools and apprenticeships nationwide. Open your account today at collegeinvest.org. All righty, we're back here. I wanted to ask this question because the trade deadline does start to pick up now. You know, some trade rumors. By the way, we had a big one today. Toronto 
trading Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers. We can react to this one first. Brucey e. B signed his deal with the Indiana Pacers, has been a huge piece for them. They make a big move, which I actually think is a great move for them in getting Pascal Siakam, but what did it cost? Bruce Brown. By the way, this was partly why Bruce Brown was traded or signed to the deal that he was signed. When people looked at it and said $22 million, you know, $40 million over two years or whatever it was, that's a lot of money for Bruce. A lot of this was with the idea of if they were to make a trade and they now have a trade in that bracket. I think Zeke Naji is a similar situation that he was signed. I mean, I think now that he's playing so poorly, it's a, a significantly more of a risk. But I think a lot of it was, yeah, we're, we need to sign him for more, actually, than he's worth because we need to have a contract to trade. So Bruce Brown signs that deal with Indiana, and now he goes to Toronto. What are your initial thoughts on this one, Wind? I actually don't like the trade for Indiana. I'm not a big Siakam guy. It kind of reminds me of the Cavs going to get Donovan Mitchell and it just like not really moving the needle for them. I, I don't know if it really moves the needle for Indiana either. Um, Pascal Siakam, all-star in the East. Uh, uh, kind Man, of fan. I hate this take. Um, so I'm not a big Siakam guy. This is such a like East Coast energy about on Jokic take. How? Like he's an unsexy trick because he's an NBA champion, an unsexy player. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if he's Siakam's actually made the all-star team once. The other time he was an injury replacement. I just think he's a little overrated. Um, that being said, everybody immediately wants to talk about Bruce Brown and can he come back to Denver? The answer is no, unfortunately. The Nuggets can't trade for him. He's making too much money. And I think Bruce Brown now has become the hottest name on the trade market that every <laughs> contender is going to want, man. Bruce played this so well. Everybody's going to want him. The Bruce, Knicks, nobody wanted Bruce last offseason. He was Clippers, available on day three. Now he's like the, the most popular guy in the league. Everybody is going to want Bruce Brown. Unfortunately, the Nuggets can't get him, and I don't think he's going to get bought out either because the Raptors are going to be able to trade for him to somebody. And he's a something. wanted man. Um, so that's unfortunate, but... Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. Remember when Bruce Brown talked about really knowing his former teammates' tendencies and he had those couple blocks on Kevin Durant? And yeah. That's well, I think um, he had one, but yeah. That one, thank you. I really don't want to play against Bruce Brown in the playoffs. I'm not, <laughs> not like, oh, now you're screwed. Just like, I'd rather not. I'd rather not play a guy yeah. against a guy with an, en oh, an, an endless well of energy and a deep understanding of who these guys are. Well, we saw with Houston, right? Jeff Green goes to the coaching staff and is like, here's their we. I was around them. Nobody knows. This is how you do it. Bruce Brown probably would, in a playoff series, have at least something similar. I'm not saying he has the master plan. But he probably knows what a team tries to hide. Like every I, team goes over, we got to hide this. I guarantee you, he knows exactly how he would try to strip Michael Porter Jr. on the drive. <laughs> and I'm not even trying. I guarantee you, oh, he knows sure. exactly how he would do it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm like, I look at this, and from the standpoint of Indiana, like their issue is that they don't defend, they can't defend. Like, are they, I mean, is this like they're helping to score even more? No, he's a good defender. But I mean, like, it, it, does he plug the hole that they, they have? Like, does he, I, I, I don't know. Like, to me, it's, it's kind of a bummer that they coveted Bruce Brown, but they were so quick to get rid yeah. of him. Um, it, I was immediately reminded of the, the uh, now infamous Calvin in, interview where he was talking about be careful what you wish for. Um, that, you know, you don't necessarily, that both sides, I, I guess, didn't necessarily get what they wanted out of that. You think and he, when he said that, because I don't remember the context, was he thinking he was saying that about Bruce? He was saying that uh, more about Indiana. Yeah, like, that's what I thought. And, well, but, I think he was saying it more about the Lakers. 
I I took because it, it was to, like the Lakers want Bruce. And, I took it to mean Indiana is paying a lot for Bruce Brown, and they're be careful what you wish for in that way. Like I don't know if you're going to get that amount of production yeah. out of this guy. Although it could be looked at like he was the piece that then got them, which is what the, it is. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was towards Indiana. Yeah, I think it was towards Indiana as well. I I uh, I mean I'm. I don't know what to make of it. I kind of, um, with wind a little bit, I don't know if this like pushes them to where they need to go, but I'm bummed out for Bruce. Like, I, even though like he's, it, he's probably going and ultimately end up in a better situation because of it. Like, is he probably Toronto? I, oh, you're I, saying when he gets traded to a contender yeah, now. Yeah. Like, if oh, he, what if it's Philly? It could be. That it could would be. suck. Could if be. I was Philly, I would do that in a heartbeat. Literally oh. just for what we talked about. Also because he's good. Yeah. That would suck. I would hate that. So I, would I don't hate know. It too. We'll he just see. unlocked the whole Canadian tuxedo portion of his wardrobe, though. <laughs> Canadian he unlocked tuxedo. a whole new look. Dude, this pandering job is going to go crazy. I don't, man. I'm telling you, I don't know if he's pandering. I, it's just a joke, but he no, does acclimate quickly. I think he actually just likes cowboy stuff. I, I also think he acclimates quickly. And I'm very excited to see what that looks like in you, Toronto. I, I don't know. We don't. None of us know what that means. What is the Toronto stereotype? There's Canadian. I don't, I don't know. I'm just oh, saying it's hockey. He's probably like big I'm maple. Cur- I'm literally curious it's to see it's where Drake. it goes. It's um, yeah. It's, it's hockey. It's uh, it's maple syrup. It's uh, <laughs> maple syrup. <laughs> everybody knows that. Everybody knows maple just syrup. Shows up holding. I actually like nice. Siakam there. I think Tyrese Halliburton. You're gonna have to put give him. Defense and a secondary, you know, playmaker guy that can be versatile. You want smart players around Tyrese Halliburton. He's very smart. I actually like this one. They have a lot of shooting. They make more threes than anybody in the NBA. So you can afford, I think, a little bit of, you know, one guy who's not there. So I actually really like this. If you're saying, like, is it making contenders? No. But if you tell me, I think they have two pieces of a big three. I think they have two pieces of a big three. And they have a runway now to figure out what their third piece is. And, to me, I think that's a really good spot to be. The other thing on Bruce, though, you were saying, and I'm pretty sure, I'm not exactly sure how this works. I think he just lost a lot of money, though, in taxes. Because I know Toronto is what's one of the reasons players always say they don't want to go there is you get taxed the heaviest. And I have to imagine that deal he signed just lost a little bit of value for that one reason. Or Unless Bruce. he gets traded to, like, Miami, and then it goes right back up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Listen, yeah. the, the possibilities are endless. We need to... Absolutely worry about Bruce Brown making $37 million or $30 million. Where does Bruce fit? Where do you feel like is a comfortable spot for Bruce? If you were to send him to, if you had uh, to. I mean, Dallas is the perfect spot for Bruce. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember. Yeah, it's so so true. No, he's right. And I remember they were interested in him, I believe, in free agency. I don't think they could outbid Indiana. Grant yeah. Williams has been terrible this year. You take, you know, you. Yeah. Dude, something about that really clicked for me. Like I could see that in. A oh, heartbeat. I mean, him next to Luca is is perfect. I mean, you can't think of many better backcourt pairings than that. And then you know you just throw in his interests off the court, and it's a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he fits everywhere though. That's the thing he about does. Bruce. He he is a guy like, could, you I, can slot in. I, I'm like he would be great for Philly. He would be great for Boston. He would be great for Miami. He I like great for he Milwaukee. Literally fits. He's he's the ultimate glue guy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God damn it. If I were to ask you guys then real quick, who is the most untradeable person in the Nuggets rotations? You'll answer it on the other side. Let's take our last break. (laughs) Stay (laughs) tuned. Hell yeah, dude. That got me. Guys, at DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet five bucks and get $200 instantly uh, when you bet on the NHL. 
So you can bet on the abs. You can bet on whatever NHL teams you want. You can bet on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Bruce Brown's new team. And you can get five bucks or bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. It's that easy. Uh, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code DNVR. Got to use code DNVR. Bet $5, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. That's co with code DNVR. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See dkng.com slash hockey terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. And if you're going to bet on Colorado sports, you probably want to watch Colorado sports. You can watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price with our friends at Fubo TV, where you'll get 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news, stream live TV from any device. No contract, no cable, no hassle, but yes, DVR. Over a thousand, up to a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. Watch all your favorite sports at Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com/dnvr. That's us. www.fubotv.com/dnvr to sign up for fifteen percent off your first month of Fubo Pro. Alrighty, we are back. So, if the Nuggets were to make a trade, and I gotta be one thing, we should say that this is just me. This is just my opinion, my impression. I think Cal, to me, seems like a guy, Calvin Booth, that is m more likely to trade players than Tim Conley. I think Tim Conley was a guy that was like pretty reluctant to make trades. By he talked large. about it. Yeah. Talked about it. Talked about it. He didn't like it. Didn't fit his goal. I think Calvin might be a guy who is more like, um, I don't want to say cold, because like I don't really know that it is cold. But just I He think treats it way more as a business than I think Tim Connolly did. Yes, to, the, to, to reference the uh, interview yet again, I think that that much is clear. Yeah, yeah we, we talked about it with Tim on this show. So I think, well, and with Calvin. So I think that as we get ready to approach the deadline, I don't think the Nuggets make a move because I don't think the Nuggets have the flexibility to make a move. But that me saying that is in part because I look at it and I go, because they wouldn't trade Reggie. They wouldn't trade Christian. They wouldn't trade Peyton or Julian. But I don't know if that's true. And I imagine that Calvin has a different, you know, sort of stomach for those things than I do. So I'll start with you, Vote. I'll go over here, and I never start with you. Who is the, of the top 10 guy, and we're going to include um, Julian in this. Okay. So all the way through Julian, basically, in the rotation. Who do you think is the least untradeable? Meaning, like, you could stomach it. If you had to, you'd like, you know what? If it's the right piece, I would move on from. I would say Julian. I would say Julian is a luxury, and I like him as a piece in the Denver Nuggets organization. Just with the way the depth chart has lined up and the rotation has played out, he is the most talented I hate using the word expendable, but that is literally the word I'm looking for. So in, in a sports context, the most talented Do you get a lot for Julian, piece. though? I think Julian could be a part of a package. Like, I think... I'm but, not saying... I don't know for what. Like, I don't have a package in mind. I'm just saying 
Julian as a sweetener, like there are other teams who could look at Julian Strother and even what he's done already and say, yeah, I'm interested in that. And we have a different timeline than Denver. Well, where I'm holding your feet to the fire is if he is part of a package, then the only way you package him is with either a lesser player or a better player, which means then you haven't gotten to the untradeable uh, guy because if you're packaging him with picks christian with picks okay there you go but, so but that was my okay. that was my squirm move what about you where where do you go like where are guys that you're like they're not untra- i don't want to trade them we're not trying to trade them but yay it's maybe all it's all three it. of those young guys it's all three of the it's well it's hunter the, and and well julian like. uh, young guys including p watt and christian oh okay okay it, it, it's the secondary timeline it, it, yeah you know, if, you, if you're deciding if you're saying to yourself uh, you know, we have one. We need to get two. We need to get uh, veterans in here. We need to get guys. We saw, you know, last night we saw that Christian Brown had a really good first half and he had a, a pretty underwhelming second half. Um, we saw uh, out of Michael Malone's mouth, he said that basically they lost. They didn't uh, capitalize on the minutes that Joel Embiid was off the court. And if the Nuggets are really feeling like that is a place where they need to focus their efforts to ensure a, a dynasty is incoming, Project Dynasty be damned, ironically, like you would say, like, okay, you know, like, all right, let's, uh, you know, we're, we're not looking five, six years down the line to really get these guys to develop to where we need them to be. We need, I mean, but. Again, like this is just a, a thought exercise. I, I can't imagine any of these things happening. But we're taking Zeke off the table here, right? Because he's untradeable. I, I mean, like he's, he's un- not in the yeah, rotation. he's like the most untradeable because no one would trade for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like he it, it, it doesn't hurt to trade Zeke right now. He's not literally not playing. Literally right, not right. playing. I mean, like if we're if we're just talking like if thing if you want things That's worked Peyton's out perfectly for us, yeah, it would be like you could trade Zeke and you could trade Hunter and you know Jay Huff. The rights to Jay Huff. <laughs> well, I mean, we have like some intriguing young guys, some yeah. young young guys. We've got you know uh, your guy, Pickett, Pickett yeah. exactly. Colin. Guys that haven't even like gotten an opportunity to showcase what they have, but it's like the way that the MLB looks at trades, like really deep cut right, kind of guys. Right, like right. That is how the MLB trades. Farm system kind of guys. <laughs> yeah. Like we have farm system kind of guys that you could trade to, you know, fortify that to get a backup five to potentially get another one. I, but I mean, the backup five is where we need help. So, is it? Well, it's it is a place we need help. I, I would say. I mean, do you feel good about uh, DeAndre Jordan all the time? I just don't think he's going to play much in the playoffs. So, it, uh, to me, that would be a regular. Well, that's what I adjustment. mean. Like, it's. But well, right, I, I here, see what you're saying. So, I'll let Wynn go first. That'll get my take. Wynn, who like how many of these guys do you think will be considered for trades or should be considered for trades? None of those three. I don't think they should consider trading Julian Strother, Peyton Watson, or Christian Brown. I I don't think those are even conversations worth having. You know, I so think if it'd you be wasted get, breath. Even if you got, I mean, because here's the thing: even if you could get somebody that up significantly ups your odds of winning What's a championship this year. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know if that trade is possible. Um, and like having Julian Strother and Peyton Watson and Christian Brown under rookie contracts is such a coup that I don't know if uh, it would balance out moving one of them for a move that puts you 5% closer to winning a championship. Let me let me put it this way. What if, just as an example, and I don't forget contracts. I'm just trying to use logical examples now. If you could get a Kelly Olynyk caliber player or a 
um, maybe even a Boyan Bogdanovich caliber player where it's like, yeah, these guys are good, and they have the one-year plus one-year deal. So you're not just getting them for this run, but you also will get them for one other run, but it's going to cost you that Project Dynasty asset. So it's like a deal that you can get out, you can get as long as you part ways with Peyton Watson. So that's the one where you're saying, like, no chance. I think Peyton I might... Wouldn't. I wouldn't even think about what, it. What and if, those two guys aren't possible well, to get. Wait, they make what, too much I money. Know, but wait, wait. I, I would not you know even. What I'm saying, though. I would not even have that conversation. Well, Dario Saric. There's an example. A guy who's on a cheap deal. So you could do like say Dario Saric for Christian Brown. No way. I would not even that. having that conversation. I would do that. Well, deal. then what's your answer though? Like who is the most untradeable or at least so, so I it, don't remember. It anymore. goes down to like honestly, it might be Reggie. Right. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it might be Reggie. And and I probably wouldn't trade him unless you know there's a point guard out there that you could sign on a minimum that can give you you know five to ten minutes. Um, but those three Project Dynasty guys, I am I am not moving them at all. So Dario Sarge for Christian Brown to you sounds like an intriguing one. I would do it. I absolutely would do it. That's I, crazy. I, I don't man. know. I don't know where. I think I'm, I don't, I don't think know what crazy. the ceiling is for Christian Dario Sarge is playing ten minutes in the playoffs. But Ten I'm, minutes a game. I, but I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to get more. out of Christian Brown. Like I, I, I feel less confident. You just saw what you're going to get out of Christian Brown in the playoffs. Last year. But there's just such a thing as a, uh, you know, people do hit a peak and then they regress in their second year. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like, um, because he's now in a position where we have to rely on him more than we maybe did last year because of Bruce Brown. Um, I just, the bench to me is just so in flux. Like, I just feel so uncomfortable with it at this exact moment that I would definitely entertain the idea of getting like a really like Bogdan Bogdanovich sounds like very intriguing. I mean, I, I'm sure that the math more is money, right yeah. but like it's impossible. To get. Um, but there are a handful of these players that ended up signing short term, what small deals that, you know, maybe they become available or whatever. We are saying the same things about the bench right now that we were saying this time last year. That the exact same things. They got to upgrade at the trade deadline to fix the bench. They need somebody else. They need another option. They did make a couple buyout additions that ended up not mattering in the playoffs. That's true. And the second unit was fine. To I, me, that's the biggest thing is I just feel like you could trade for a say Dario Saric. I'm not convinced that he doesn't look like Zeke Naji on Denver's bench just because Thomas awesome. Bryant was playing real minutes for the Lakers and scoring at a high rate. At a super efficient clip, and he came here and looked like the worst player on earth, as does almost every player that plays opposite Nikola Jokic in Denver's system. I would be very gun-shy to part ways with a player, even though in my mind Dario Saric is like a guy I would go to war with in a playoffs. I just feel like he's good. I I love—I'm going to say something that if Dev was here, he would push back on, and I love how when it comes to the rotation, Dev is like— just better things are possible, just like really. (laughs) But I do think— I'll stop sort of saying that this is an inevitable problem, the backup five, but I agree with Wynn wholeheartedly that it is a tenable problem. And there have been very few perfect rosters built in NBA history. Like, I think the Warriors had one. There's that one sweet year spot where because Steph was hurt and so his max contract wasn't actually a max contract and Durant wanted to be there and they still had the vets. There was one year where it was like you couldn't find a hole. But most rosters have some holes, including championship ones. And they tend to be when the best player is not on the floor. And so, yeah, if Denver's weakness is whoever is not Jokic playing the center, like I think that's something you can live with. And I think Harrison's right. I would hang up the phone if anybody tried to trade for Julian Strother, Christian Brown, or Peyton Watson. I'd hang up the phone immediately. The only only one that I would entertain would be for Christian. Not Julian? I think it's got to be Julian. 
I, I, I just but feel also, like, I, I don't I like know. Julian. I feel like his ceiling wanna... is so much higher. Like Julian has just shown already like moments of like transcendence that I don't know that we will necessarily. I mean, I can't again, believe we're off of Christian Brown after 40 We're not games. off. We're, we're not, I'm I not can't believe We're this. just having a conversation. Again, about nothing like, is about being off. It's about like the Nuggets have a title window. They have their main guys. So now it's these, these margin ones. And as much as Christian is awesome, does Denver have a deficiency right now that might sink him in a playoffs? And it doesn't matter how great the future is. You don't know if you'll have KCP in the future. You don't but Christian any- Brown's the present. He just was an eighth man in the playoffs. But, but there might be a better present is the point. You don't know if you're going to have you know health and luck and, every, and guys re-signing and everything else. And I, I just think it's worth a team looking at it saying, are we sure that this thing is yeah. worth it? If we can get somebody else. And do you have enough? Maybe you have enough to say Julian and Peyton. That's enough of a future timeline. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't seek this out. But if we're talking like it is trade season, you do have to make a trade. Like, I think that's probably where I would look. So for Harrison, we learned untradeable runs all the way through, including all the way to Julian. I think uh, everybody else seems like it is not looking to make moves. But at least you have to be receptive in, in case. Like, for example... Alex Caruso only makes $9 million a year. He's got one plus one left. Is he a guy that would be worth saying, like, hey, is he, isn't he basically just Christian in the future, but further along? Like, it may be more, a little bit more of a point guard because he can handle a little bit better. So, you know, yeah. you're almost swapping one for the other, just a more present version of it. You know, maybe. Yeah, by the way, I'm just doing the exercise. I'm not like eager to make a trade. Yeah. But I do so I just like think the exercise to me the most like this is a luxury piece of the pile is Julian. And I also like luxury. So I'm happy to keep him. But right, I, we can see how you're dressed. We know yeah, that. yeah, you're I mean, kidding me. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I right, think well, the, I honestly think the bench is fine. I actually do. I actually think the bench is better than it was last year and it's going to continue to get better throughout the second half of this season as Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, I think those guys are on an upward trajectory, not a downward one. And if DeAndre Jordan doesn't commit that foul last night, we're probably singing the praises of the second unit. I, I agree with that. Last night and today. It's, it's true. It, it, I think that there was like some unnaturally hot shooting in the first half, but I my sense is that a lot of the NBA has gotten better than last year. And like, yeah, I, don't I, know agree. That, I don't know that necessarily what we got last year will be enough to get it done this year. At the same time, the NBA was probably better in January than it was in April, May, and June. So this might just be the like mid-season and, oh, my God, here but it is. Look at all these teams. To be clear, like I operate – my entire life is uh, based on vibes, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't disrupt the vibes by getting rid of any of the players. I mean, I think that they, they have something really special, and I do obviously see the, the, the runway and what it means. It's just like if a gun was to my head, and I, I don't think one is, but – that would suck if it was. Hit that, would, that outro music yeah, for us, Tim. That'd be a bad position I, to find. This is a good, healthy discipline. I would trade Christian Brown. Good. We don't I mean, I would too if a gun was to my head. Also, you know, the other thing about it is we're kind of the team that doesn't trade. It's kind of nice. It's kind of like being the team that's like, yeah, we just got our guy. Everybody else is out there farming the waiver wires. Well, just trying to get better like, together, dude. And, but, and yet, this era happened on the back of a trade. It was Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's a great point, everything. D-line. That's a great point, dude. Um, like, you find, you know, it's not just luck and whatever. It's it's like you hone in, you make it happen, you put, construct the right team. It's not just the guy on the board at that time. Like, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for us. We do have tomorrow off, but we're back Friday as Vote goes on trial. Oh, for traffic I, tickets? I know. No, a real trial. It's a Celtics A game. real trial. Nugget Celtics.
His uh, entire reputation is on the no, line. No, it's January. It's January. <laughs> Will you just tell me, are they winning or no? It's January, so I can't get cocky. Right. Um, but all, ask me but, in the ask me the the dumbest thing about me is I'll be more cocky in a finals matchup. All right. But I mean, we just learned there's like the good chance Nikolay won't play, so that really changes. Maybe, things. maybe we'll find out. All right, everybody, thanks so much. Throw us a like on the way out. We'll see you Friday. Thank you.